More information about Brigham Young's Plural Wives next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? In response to a viewer's suggestion, this is our third program about Brigham Young's 56 Plural Wives. Brigham Young did not treat most of his wives very well, certainly not as a wife deserves to be treated. We like to begin each show in this series with a quote by Brigham Young that indicates his personal teaching and attitude towards polygamy. This is quoted in the Deseret News. Now, if any of you will deny the plurality of wives and continue to do so, I promise that you will be damned. And I will go still further and say that this revelation or any other revelation that the Lord had given and deny it in your feelings and I promise that you will be damned. Notice that his promise is damnation, even if you feel it. Even if, you, if you feel negative towards right. it, you'll be damned. So that was what Brigham Young <laughs> thought about polygamy. We begin this time with the eighth plural wife, who was Eliza R. Snow. She was a very prominent and highly respected Mormon woman, both in her day and has been through the decades, yeah, even today. Eliza Snow has been highly exalted in Mormon attitudes and in faith-building stories. Uh, she was a sister of Lorenzo Snow, who was the fifth LDS church president, yeah. and he was a polygamist. And she was also the second Mormon Relief Society president. Eliza had also been a plural wife of Joseph Smith. So she got yeah. the cream of the crop on both of them there. Uh, she was a real catch for old Brigham, too. In fact, it was Brigham who performed the plural marriage ceremony between her and Joseph Smith. Hmm. In fact, six of Joseph Smith's plural marriages were officiated by yeah, Brigham, Brigham Young. Young. Now, after Joseph Smith and Eliza's secret marriage took place, she moved into Joseph Smith's home. But Emma discovered her close relationship with her husband, and she was violently expelled. We quote from the book, Nauvoo Polygamy. Yes, Charles C. Rich saw the prophet and Emma come out of a room upstairs and walk together toward the stairway. Almost at the same time, a door opposite opened, and dainty, little, dark-haired Eliza R. Snow, she was heavy with child, came out and walked toward the stairway. When Joseph saw her, he turned and kissed Emma goodbye, and she remained standing at the banister. Joseph then walked on to the stairway where he tenderly kissed Eliza and then came, down, came on downstairs. As he reached the bottom step, there was a commotion. Both Joseph and Rich turned to see Eliza come tumbling down the stairs. Emma had pushed her in a fit of rage and jealousy. She stood at the top of the stairs, glowering, her countenance a picture of hell. Joseph quickly picked up the little lady, and with her in his arms, he turned and looked up at Emma, who then burst into tears and ran to her room. Ooh. Quite a drama there. Yeah, I'll see. Eliza evidently suffered a broken hip from this incident, and from that point on, she walked with a limp. She also lost her unborn child oh. and was never able to conceive again. Oh. Before this incident, Emma and Eliza had been close friends and confidants. Hmm. Eliza was typical of early Mormon polygamists, both denying that Mormons lived polygamy while at the same time herself being a poly polygamist and teaching and convincing others to enter 
into secret plural marriage. After Joseph Smith was killed, Brigham Young, Heber C. Kimball, and some other men from Mormon leadership offered to be proxy husbands for Joseph Smith's plural wives. Eliza accepted Brigham Young as her proxy husband and was married to him for time only on October 3rd of 1844, just four months after her, her Joseph Smith had been killed. Eliza is said to be the very prototype of what is called female roosters in Zion. <laughs> she was always ready to enslave and drag men and women into polygamy. We read this from In Sacred Loneliness. Yes, from Todd Compton. It is common to see a man take a plural wife under the direction of his priesthood leaders, but rare to see a woman fulfill that role. To Eliza, polygamy was not just an ancillary principle. It was the most important doctrine in the gospel of the Son of God. But where is that located in the Bible? Yeah. Is there a verse or a passage anywhere in the Bible where they would substantiate her statement, where polygamy is part of the gospel? Eliza had been totally taken in by Joseph Smith, and she had expressed her admiration and her love for him. She was also a writer of hymns and poems and other LDS music, many of them highly unorthodox and with their doctrinal statements. One of them is about their belief that the Mormons have a mother in heaven. She accompanied Brigham Young and the Mormon pioneers on their westward journey and was installed as a publicly acknowledged wife of Joseph Smith in the Lion House in Salt Lake, where his harem, or at least most of his harem, of polygamy lived. She was a faithful Mormon. She was active in her religion and she was persuasive in her teachings to others about Mormonism and about polygamy. In March of 1887, Eliza developed a serious illness from which she never fully recovered. In November, she came more and more sick and in November 5th, she passed away. She was 83 years old and was buried in Brigham Young's private cemetery. So she lived quite a life. One account that I read about her and some of these other older women that Brigham Young had in their older age was that they would get, they they had suffered loneliness and neglect in their polygamy to Brigham Young. And we'll talk about that more as we get into some of these other wives. Mm -hmm. Um, But they they hung on to it, you know, so tenaciously. Yeah, sounds like Uh, she really did. She did, and so did Zena Huntington and a few of the other women who were very prominent members of of the women in Salt Lake when once they reached Salt Lake. Uh, But they they had lived a life of neglect and, and... loneliness, but they drug other women into it just the same because they really believed that God commanded it. Mm. Sad, sad, sad. You'd think that when they get on the other side, how what they'll learn about what they... I often think about about that when they close their eyes in death here and they wake up, they're facing God. And he says, what did you do with Jesus? Yeah. It's going to be a shock. An eternal shock for them because it has nothing to do with marriage. But I was a polygamist. I was married. (laughs) But what did you do with Jesus? (laughs) What did you do with Jesus? Brigham Young's ninth plural wife was Elizabeth Fairchild. She was 16 years old and he was 43, Mm, another child bride to his middle-aged status. Uh, This was her first married, but they got divorced in 1853, so it lasted only 10 years. 
we wonder, um, was she married for Brigham for eternity? Mm. She probably was because it was an eternal union. That's what polygamy sealing was. So if she married to, to Brigham now in their heavenly realm, wherever that might be, even though she divorced him here, of course she wasn't because there's no marriage after this life, as Jesus said. We quote from Jenny.com. Jenny.com states that Elizabeth Fairchild married Brigham Young in 1846, James Lyman in 1847, Joseph McMurray in 1853, James Matthews in 1865, and William Chastain in 1868. Wow. Busy little girl. <laughs> Busy lady. She had at least five husbands. We were unable to find further information about her or why she had so many marriages or about her divorce from Brigham. Hmm. She obviously came west with the pioneers because she died in 1910 and was buried in Grantsville, Utah. Brigham's 10th plural wife was Clarissa Blake. She was 43 years old and he was a mere, or she was 48 and he was a mere 43, oh. which is a more closer, yeah. more reliable, or more reasonable <laughs> age difference. She was a widow of a man named Morse and was a married woman when Brigham Young married her. Her Mormon husband was Lyman Homiston. Her plural husband was Brigham Young. We read again from Jenny.com. Married Edmund H. Morse on January 28, 1817 in Hampstead, Rockingham, New Hampshire. Married Lyman Homestown in on December 19, 1841 in Salem, Massachusetts. And married Brigham Young on October 8, 1844 in Nauvoo. Lyman and Clarissa were members of the Edward Hunter Pioneer Company, which left Council Bluffs, Iowa on June 29, 1850 and arrived in the Salt Lake Valley on October 13, 1850. So that, that's just kind of, I hope yeah. it doesn't bore everybody to death no, to read I these, but it's, it's interesting to see these dates that she married Lyman Homiston in 1841 and Brigham Young in 1844, yet it was she and Lyman who traveled to Utah together in 1850, several years oh. after she married Brigham Young. Yeah. So it appears that this is another plural marriage where the woman had two husbands at the same time. Yeah. Clarissa Blake died in Salt Lake City at the age of 66. Hmm. Now, the 11th plural wife of Brigham Young was Rebecca Holman. She was 20 and he was 43 years old, again, more than mm -hmm. double her age. Wow. And this is another plural wife of which we could find very little information. She was born in New York, 1824, died July of 1849 in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Now, which means that she was on her way to Utah because yeah, that's where they stopped. To, right. So she was in the, one of those pioneer trains and she died of unspecified causes. She had married Brigham Young in 1846, although some accounts said she married him in 1844. Uh, but we found very little further information about Brigham Young's 11th plural wife. So we'll go to his 12th plural <laughs> wife. <laughs> and she was Diana Chase. She was 17 years old. Oh, my goodness. And he was 43. This was her first marriage, and they divorced sometime before 1849. She married Brigham in 1844. She divorced Brigham and married William Montgomery Shaw. 
The LDS website lists her as having traveled west with her parents and siblings in 1848 with the Young Company wagon train, and no further information was found. But it's interesting, as we go through these accounts, even though many details are not available, many of these plural marriages ended in divorce. Yeah, I was surprised at that. Obviously, they weren't as loving and wonderful and peaceful and holy as whitewashed Mormon history leads us to believe. I don't think most Latter-day Saints, at least, what do the polygamists think about this divorce thing? Because I don't think most of the Latter-day Saints would realize there were this many divorces from Brigham Young. Um, They they don't know their own history. This is obviously true. But the polygamy groups, they swap wives around like that. (laughs) I mean, they're just doing what Brigham Young did and what Joseph Smith did and some of these others. Um, If you're not happy in the polygamous marriage and you tell the leader, I'm not happy for whatever reason, he'll take you and place you with another man, another family. Warren Jeffs did it just on whim. He didn't Mm. even need a reason. He just did it on a whim. He did it a lot. So that's not unusual. And you've mentioned many times that Brigham Young didn't have people leave the area. So in these divorces, they must have stayed here and found other people to Unless they could sneak out. Unless they could sneak out. Some were able to get out without getting shot. (laughs) (laughs) Or for some other reason, you know, if they were so, uh, so public... Yeah. that he had to let them go. Oh, I, I think like some of the women that we've Talked quoted. About, yeah. So let's go to his 13th plural wife. She was 29-year-old Susan Schnibley, and it was her first marriage, and they had one daughter. They were married in October of 1844. Susan became a Mormon in 1836, just a few years before that, and she had a sister, and they both moved to Illinois. She married Brigham Young uh, in late 1844. Parley P. Pratt officiated the ceremony. For the sake of interest, her sister, Mary, became a plural wife of Parley P. Pratt the same day. So Pratt married Susan to Brigham, and Brigham turned around and married her sister to Pratt. What a setup they had, right? Susan traveled west with the Mormon pioneers, and we quote, Brigham owned a large farm on the outskirts of Salt Lake City on which he erected a farmhouse. It was here that Susan Snively Young lived for many years, cooking for the men who worked on the farm, caring for the poultry, and overseeing the making of the butter and cheese, which supplied his large family with part of their living. Okay, (laughs) so she wasn't in the lion house, but Brigham and Susan never had children together, but she did adopt a child whom she named uh, Julia. She died in Salt Lake in 1892, and I could discover no other information about her marriage to Brigham Young. The fact, however, that she had no children, of course, gives us a little insight into how much attention Brigham Young would have shown to her. If she was unable to have children, she could not be considered a mother in Zion and would be ignored for the most part. If her inability to have children wasn't a physical problem, it indicates most obviously that her husband paid little or no attention to her. Either way, she was neglected. We've covered 13 of Brigham Young's Pearl Wives. At this point, we want to quote something that Brigham Young said after the Mormons had settled in Utah and began living their lives. 
and Mormon men were taking plural wives like greedy little kids, grabbed for the cookies to get all they can. <laughs> this is Brigham Young's frustrated advice to his and to other plural wives. <laughs> it's from the Journal of Discourses, but it was printed in the Desert News. I'm going to give you from this time to the sixth day of October next for reflection that you may determine whether you wish to stay with your husbands or not. And then I'm going to set every woman at liberty and say to them, Now go your way, my women with the rest, go your way. And my wives have got to do one of two things. Either round up their shoulders to endure the afflictions of this world and live their religion, or they may leave, for I will not have them about me. I will go into heaven alone rather than have scratching and fighting around me. I will set all at liberty." I wish my women and every woman in, woman in this territory, or else say in their hearts that they will embrace the gospel, the whole of it, say to your wives, take all that I have and be set at liberty. But if you stay with me, you shall comply with the law of God, and that too, without any murmuring and whining, you must fulfill the law of God in every respect and round up your shoulders to walk up to the mark without any grunting. Now recollect that two weeks from tomorrow I am going to set you at liberty. Prepare yourselves for two weeks from tomorrow, and I will tell you now that if you will tarry with your husbands, after I have set you free, you must bow down to it and submit yourselves to the celestial law. You may go where you please after two weeks from tomorrow, but remember that I will not hear any more of this whining." <laughs> Sounds like he had it up to here, love right? Love at home. <laughs> yeah, love at home, right. Put your shoulder to the wheel. That kind yeah. of came to my mind, too, yeah, the song right. they sing. So plural wifery obviously <laughs> produced whining strange. and complaining <laughs> and miserable wives, or Brigham Young would never have preached this sermon. I would not have this is not so. the kind of spirituality that comes from the God of all peace and comfort. The 14th plural wife was Olive Gray. She was 28 years old and he was 43. Again, that's a closer age yeah. um, difference. This was Brigham Young's final plural marriage of 1844. He had married 11 women in the year of 1844. Wow. So for someone who claimed polygamy was a bad idea in the beginning, he sure changed his mind in a big way as time marched forward. Um, Olive had been a plural wife of Joseph Smith, oh, right. another plural wife. She, she was Tilda Smith for eternity and Brigham for time, meaning for this life. We quote. <laughs> Olive Frost converted to Mormonism in, in October of 1839. Her sister Marianne had joined three years early and had married the apostle Parley P. Pratt. Olive embarked with them on a mission to England in early 1840. In 1843, at the end of her mission, Olive and the Pratts moved to Nauvoo. There, Olive stayed with Patty and David Sessions and was soon introduced to the concept of plural wifery. She was secretly married to Joseph Smith that summer. When Joseph was killed, Olive lost it. She married Brigham Young in October, but died the next year. Wow. And sounds like not very happy. <laughs> not too happy. Joseph Smith had married Olive Frost and her sister, Marianne Frost, and Olive was the younger of the two mm -hmm. sisters. After Joseph Smith's death, Marianne became a plural wife of Parley P. Pratt, but was sealed to Brigham Young as well. <laughs> she became a plural wife to each prophet, but when her husband Parley wanted to take a plural wife, another wife, she couldn't handle it very well and divorced him oh, <laughs> in 1853. Marianne's sister, Olive, had her own odd experiences with polygamy, 
we quote. Yeah, this is again from Todd Compton in Sacred Loneliness. Olive was resealed to Smith five months after his death with Brigham Young as proxy. Her sealing to Brigham for time lasted only one year because Olive died October 6, 1845. She was 29. So she died pretty oh, young, and, and it makes you wonder what was going on in, yeah. in those years. The polygamous marriages in those early Mormons were very, uh, Mormonism was very strange, very strange indeed. There were so many plural wives and plural husbands and <laughs> divorces and a full supply of painful daily existence. Um, so let's go to his 15th plural wife, who was Mary Ann Clark. Uh, she was 28, he was 43, and they married January of 1845. Um, she had a previous marriage to a Mr. Powers, and it isn't known if she was widowed, divorced, or separated. Couldn't find yeah, much yeah. information on that. She did divorce Brigham, however, in June of 1851, so their marriage only lasted five and a half years. Must have been less than a happy couple. She wrote Brigham the following note. Yes, on 18 June 1851, Mary Ann Clark Powers wrote from Canesville, Iowa, I wish you to release me from all engagements with you for time and eternity. This is from the Brigham Young Papers. This request was granted as she received a divorce from Brigham Young in 1851. So again, there's just another divorce, you know, another, <laughs> yeah. another eternal marriage ended. <laughs> Brigham's 16th wife was Margaret Pierce. She was 22 years old. He was 43. Another marriage with a huge age difference, but at least she wasn't a teenager. Yeah. Notice how many he he took when he was 43 years old. So yeah. many of them were, he was 43 years old there, yeah. during that time frame. Yeah. She was a widow of uh, Morris Whiteside's to whom she had been sealed for eternity. So her marriage to Brigham was for time only. <laughs> She and Brigham had one child together. Margaret Pierce had a sister, Mary Harvey Pierce, who became his 17th wife. Oh Another sister-sister <laughs> marriage. Mary was 25 years old at her marriage. Now, we think it's time to remind our viewers that not only did the God of the Bible prohibit polygamy, he also prohibited men taking sisters as rival wives. But Mormon men paid no attention to God, both then and now. Mormon polygamous men take sisters as plural wives on a very regular basis. And we're going to quote those verses again. Yeah, from Leviticus chapter 18, first verse 18. Do not take your wife's sister as a rival wife and have sexual relations with her while your wife is living. And from verses 24-25, do not defile yourselves in any of these ways because this is how the nations that I'm going to drive out before you became defiled. Even the land was defiled, so I punished it for its sin, and the land vomited out its inhabitants. <laughs> so the context of these verses is saying that it defiles a yeah. person. It even defiles the, the land, land. Yeah. to marry, to take sisters as plural wives. God mm. prohibited it. But God doesn't support or desire a man to marry sisters as a sister wife. It happens all the time. Like I've said before, yeah. Joseph Smith had five plural wives and people in the polygamy groups today, that's where they get their pool of wives. Sometimes it's the um, sisters of, of yeah. his first wife. It's very sad. Mm -hmm. uh, Brigham Young and Margaret Pierce had one son together and they named him Brigham Morris Young, who himself had 
two wives, Celestia oh. Snow and Arietta Snow, probably sisters. Again, there was little information that we were able to find about these wives of Brigham Young. And finally, we'll end part three of Brigham Young's Plural Wives with his 18th wife, Emmeline Free. Hmm. She was 18 years old oh, when they married. This was her first marriage, and she and Brigham had 10 children together. Now, that's a landmark for him at this point. He really must have liked her because yeah, no wife yet had had that many children. Had that many children. <laughs> Emmeline's home stood on the site where downtown ZCMI used to be. Anybody yeah. from Salt Lake would know about that. Yeah. And it is now, however, that place is now an exclusive shopping mall. It was known as the Grant House because it was built by Jedediah M. Grant, who was friend and counselor at Brigham Young. Yeah. We did find a shocking bit of information about Emmeline, however. And we read this from the LDS Church History blog spot. After his counselor, David H. Wells, eulogizes Emmeline Free Young, Brigham Young stuns those at funeral by instructing her children and grandchildren not to follow his plural wives' bad example. Hmm. In her manuscript, My Father's Wives, Susie Young Gates explains that Aunt Emmeline became addicted to morphine in the later years of her life. And I don't know why she might have been sick and had yeah. gotten addicted to it somehow. And, of course, they didn't have the same um, knowledge about morphine then as they do now and, and amounts and all that. But she died uh, July 17th of 1875, and she was just 49 years old. Now, up to this point, Brigham Young had married five teenagers hmm. and a few girls in their early 20s. Brigham Young had an eye for the young. We quote... <laughs> Uh, from the Journal of Discourses, Do you think that I am an old man? I could prove to this congregation that I am young, for I could find more girls who would choose me for a husband than can carry any of the young men. <laughs> <laughs> little arrogant yeah, bragging there, huh? And he proved it. I mean, he did yeah. prove that was true. Of course, he threatened them with hell, and they didn't. So <laughs> anyway, can you imagine going to a church service and hearing a sermon like that from the pulpit? They probably heard some really Ooh, wild things. That's what the so. Journal of Discourses is. You'll, yeah. There is some wild things they preached. Very crazy. So, <laughs> so this concludes part three of the series discussing Brigham Young's 56 wives. We'll talk about more of his wives in part four and in later programs. Uh, even though there are many, we can't get much information, but we'll yeah. still stumble through it and get through what we oh, can. That's very interesting. I like it. <laughs> And this, is, of course, is in response to a lady who said yeah. that it might help the LDS people in the, in the LDS church to maybe see it was well, not I, as glorious as they think, think it is. Like you said about the polygamists, that we really don't know that much about uh, the deals, dealings and the workings of, of all this polygamy stuff and yeah. the intermarriages and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, a lot of it, a lot of trading around. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Earl. You bet. You know, God's truth and His faithfulness and His Word have never failed and never will. Psalm 117 verse 2 says, For great is His steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Psalm 119 verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, Your Word is firmly fixed in the heavens. And verse 152 says, Long have I known from Your testimonies that You have founded them forever. Ecclesiastes 3.14, I perceived that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. 
God was most certainly able to prevent his word from being corrupted as Joseph Smith claimed. God is good. He is all powerful. He cannot lie. And he can and did keep his promise to protect the truth as found in his word and to keep it from ever failing. He and he established monogamy, not polygamy, as his plan for marriage. And this was confirmed by Jesus Christ himself. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.